Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugolo, and in the show I talk to women and a few cool dudes, all of them entrepreneurs, changemakers, artists, and healers, getting an inside look on what it takes to put your dreams into action. And my guest today is Sonia Highfield. She's a photographer and a business coach for artists. Welcome, Sonia. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to have you here. So, okay, so you probably started off as a photographer, is my guess. Yes. Do you want to say a little bit about your photography business? And then yeah. we'll move into what you do with helping other artists? Yeah, how I got there. So, I went to college and studied photography. I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, and I graduated and I thought I'm going to be a fine art, you know, conceptual photographer. And then I realized I have no idea how to make money doing that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Most artists get out of school and it's like, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. So um, that was a little tricky, but I started working a couple different art related jobs um, in galleries and with other photographers. And I was working with a photographer for a while and one day he just stopped calling me. So all of a sudden I found I was out of a job and I started looking for another job and I realized I just couldn't find anything else that I really wanted to do that used my skills. So I decided it was time to freelance full time and that was also a struggle because I had no idea how to run a business. So I started doing uh, commercial freelance work um, and some of my fine art stuff on the side and you know, just found myself really spending a lot of time researching. How do you market yourself? How do you do taxes as a freelancer? All this stuff that it takes to run a business. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I did eventually find some success within that. I was able to get clients. I figured out how to price myself, so I actually made money. Um, but it took a few years to really, you know, get it flowing and feel good about it. Wow, so let's just like hang out here for a few minutes because there are many people who really are drawn to photography yeah. and the photography business and I'm sure they meet all the same challenges that you have. Yeah. So how did you start like getting traction? Like what do you do to like create that? Like if you were going to like just if you're going to do it at square one. Yeah, if you yeah. want to start from square one or go back and do it again, what yeah. was what was the action you took that moved the needle for you? So I think that, you know, I myself am definitely a self-starter, but I'm also very stubborn. And so I really didn't get the help that I needed at first. And that was really what made the biggest difference, mm. um, connecting with a community of entrepreneurs and other artists who, you know, got what I was trying to do and were able to say, here's some resources. Um, you know, here's some coaching. Um, so that's what I should have done at first, which is what I recommend for other people now, is find a community who understands you, who's going to support you, um, and then get the help. Find a mentor, um, you know, get a coach who really understands you, and then you got to put in the work, <laughs> right? So you have to practice putting yourself out there, which is really tough for a lot of people in general, but I think especially artists, um, we don't know how to sell ourselves and going networking is really scary. Um, I think for me, my desire to succeed at photography was what 
allowed me to get myself out the door and put myself, you know, in those situations that were uncomfortable but necessary. Mm -hmm. um, so I really try and encourage other people, like, hold that big vision for yourself, that um, ideal life, and use that to overcome the fear of doing, like, all the little things along the way. Little things like... Well, like networking or like telling people your actual prices without discounting them every time. Mm -hmm. That's a huge thing for artists. Mm -hmm. What do they say oftentimes? Oh, I'm just getting started or, you know, people aren't going to pay my price, mm -hmm. um, which are just lies. <laughs> <laughs> Things we tell ourselves to stay comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I really recommend, you know, trying new things and putting yourself out there even though it is uncomfortable and definitely scary. Yeah. So it sounds like you already, I mean, we've already moved into like the business coaching for <laughs> artists part. What made you, at what point did you make that shift that this is something that you were interested in doing? Um, after I really had found that good flow in my photography business and I was, you know, getting clients and I was paying all my bills, I felt like there needed to be an easier way to get to that point. So that's what I wanted to do for artists. I found I was really frustrated that it took me so long or, you know, longer than I would have liked. Mm -hmm. um, so I really wanted to make that journey easier and educate people on being a business owner, you know, right from the start. So talking to kids in college um, and really letting them know, one, what their opportunities are once they get out of school, mm -hmm. but also how to be a business owner and how to empower yourself to say, yeah, I can learn to do business and I can do it well and I can still be that creative person. Um, but it really is so important to have the business side. Um, I just believe all artists are businesses. And so once we can get that into our brains, yeah. it's so much easier. Yeah. So like how much time as, let's say, when you got to the place where you felt like it was in a flow and you were paying your bills and you felt like, okay, I figured this out. Yeah. How much time are you spending in the art and how much in the business? Um, it's a lot of business. It's to a be lot honest. of business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because. I mean, that's good to know. Yeah, I mean, if you're a photographer, you're an artist, whatever you, you know, love to do, you're always going to work on your craft. And once you have jobs, then you're going to be doing it. But you have to deal with, you know, invoicing clients and getting clients and, you know, doing the marketing and the networking and all of that can really take up a lot more time than the actual creation. Um, even editing, you know, a shoot might take me four hours and then I spend, you know, another whole day editing. So it's not all art all the time, but mm -hmm. I think you know, I've learned to really enjoy the business part of it as well. And I think that's another thing that people don't realize is that doing the business part can actually be really interesting. Um, I don't know if I'll say fun, but, <laughs> but it can definitely be interesting. And I think when it's connected to how you're making money and how you're, you know, really able to live off of your art, then you get a lot more, you know, into it, a lot more attached to actually sitting down and doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know if you feel comfortable sharing this, but I'm curious, like, let's say if did it take you like three years or six years to get to the place that you would like to oh, be? Yeah. And do you feel that someone coming out of college, if they worked with a mentor mm -hmm. and found a community, like what's the time 
projection trajectory that you yeah. can imagine would get them to the place where, like, is it two years? Is it, what do you yeah. think? So, so those... for me, I think it took about three years until, you know, I was getting clients, but like I said, I didn't know how to price myself, so I wasn't really making the money, um, even though I had fairly consistent clients. So it took me about three years be before I felt like I was making money that was reasonable mm -hmm. <laughs> to live off of. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I finally felt like, okay, I, I got it. I know what I'm doing now. I have a system that works for me. Um, I know what kind of shoots I like to do. I know how my pricing works. So, yeah, for me, about three years. I think that if you start off the right way and get the help starting out, um, it can be much quicker. But everyone functions a little differently. So I know sometimes people ask me, like, you know, what's going to be the outcome? What's the time frame? And everyone functions a little differently. Um, so I can't give an exact date, but I think that you can definitely do it faster than, <laughs> than three, three years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so you, you got to a place where you said, it, I know I can make this easier for other people. And you shifted part of your, your time and your energy into helping other artists. Is it all photographers? Uh, no, it's a good mix, actually. Um, there definitely are a lot of photographers, um, but I also work with animators and illustrators, graphic designers, um, glass artists. Um, it's a whole whole range of creative people that you know come in and are able to benefit from what I'm sharing. So what what are you offering them? Is it private coaching? Is it group coaching? Can you describe some of what you do? Yeah, so I have a couple different offers. Um, some are one-to-one -one and some are short-term. Um, I do artist website reviews, which are really fantastic because um, that's such a big piece of selling yourself and your services. Um, I do some one-to-one -one coaching as well. And then I have some group programs. So I started a online course called Financial Love for Artists. Um, That's a great name yeah. because... <laughs> <laughs> it's just the best. We, we talk yeah. about all things money and mindset. Uh -huh. um, and so I ran that for the first time in the fall and it was just so fantastic and fun and really something that artists need. Um, so I'm gonna run that again in the spring. And then I'm starting a couple mastermind groups for women artists specifically. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm really curious when you talk about you're dealing, it's called Money Love. Now, we all have in, I mean, it's in the culture, the starving artist. Right, yeah. You know, that you put, your, you put all your energy into your art and you, that's just the lifestyle, right? Yeah. And you have side jobs or whatever to keep you going or you you have a lifestyle that can, you know, is um, pulled back mm -hmm. in terms of expenses. So what yeah. are the kinds of, the th what are some of the mindsets that you mentioned that you find artists have that they need to get over? Like what yeah. are the common ones? Well, definitely that starving artist stereotype because a lot of people, um, got told, you know, going into art school or starting an art business, they weren't going to make a lot of money. So right off the bat, they're already thinking, okay, I know I'm not going to make a lot of money. And what's frustrating to me about that is I tell people, look around a room and tell me one thing that hasn't been touched by an artist at some point. Like, you can't. 
artists touch everything in our lives and they have such a big impact. So why in the world should they not be making money? So we all have our different money stories, right? We're influenced by our parents and our culture and our religions um, and just how we grew up and that has a big impact on how we handle money, how we think about money, um, whether we believe we're good with money or not. Um, and those are all stories that can really be changed. And a lot of them are just these false ideas that have been ingrained. And once we're able to identify them, then we can say, oh yeah, I don't actually believe that about myself. I don't believe I'm not meant to make money, right? So my motto is definitely we are artists who eat. Um, <laughs> like we're, we're ending the starving artist stereotype because it's not necessary and artists contribute so much to this world and they should be able to live lives that they are proud of doing what they love. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So would you say that just becoming aware of some of these beliefs that we carry I mean, I don't think it's just artists that have these, yeah, but, but obviously this is the group that you're working with. But do you think that just becoming aware of these beliefs creates a shift in consciousness around it? Absolutely. Uh -huh. Sometimes it's really just having someone ask you a question that you haven't stopped to ask yourself. So for me, I'll tell you personally, for my whole life I thought I'm not good at saving money. That was a fact to me. I'm just not good at saving money. And once I dug in deeper, I was actually working with a mindset coach. And once I dug in deeper to my own thoughts, it was like, wait, what evidence is there for that? And why couldn't I change that? So just acknowledging that that thought isn't a fact made a huge difference. All of a sudden, I was able to save more money than I've ever saved. Wow. I had more money in my bank account than I ever thought I could simply because I identified that thought and then I, I worked on it, you know? I talked to myself about money, about my relationship with saving money and I switched it to, I'm great at saving money. Mm -hmm. And then you started to take some action, I suppose, because yeah. it doesn't just end sure, up there. Yeah, so a lot of times attaching um, whatever we're working on to a goal, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm very goal oriented. So that works well for me, but I think it works for other people too. Um, so that whatever you're working on with yourself, there's some kind of reward or you know there's gonna be a benefit to it. Um, so creating a goal which helps you take the action is really important. Mm -hmm. So like how did you go from um, terrible at saving to, yeah, I'm good at saving and then having the money there, like did you uh, uh, like every week take a certain amount that you would? You know, I set an overall goal for myself because um, I'm looking for a house still and I knew I wanted to save a certain amount for that. So I didn't limit myself or say, you know, every week I'm doing this amount. It was whenever I, you know, took in money and I paid all my bills, put it into all the different places it had to go and then I had the whatever extra amount it was, I would just put that into my savings. And so it, it slowly grew, you know, it wasn't an overnight. Um, but I kept saying to myself, I'm great at saving money. I love to see my savings account grow. And that sounds so simple, but 
your thoughts are so powerful. Mm -hmm. And so switching my mindset and then just knowing I have this goal and there's a really great reward attached to it, right? Feeling one, great about myself, the fact that now, I, now I'm great at saving money um, and the fact that I could contribute to buying a house. Um, that made it exciting. And mm -hmm. then I was able to also look at my finances and say, what am I actually doing with my money and why haven't I been putting some into savings all along, mm -hmm. you know? So um, you have to get realistic with yourself as well and say, what am I stopping myself from doing? Um, whether, you know, you're scared or you're just kind of ignoring it. Yeah, for sure. So then what did you, like, how did you get going in that area of business for yourself to become a business coach? Did you just start talking to people about it and saying, hey, is this something that you want? Or yeah, what did you do? I, well, I think I knew that this was needed because I myself had wished that this was, this had existed. Um, and so I really took, you know, from my experience, what would I want? What have I learned? What do I know is really important for other artists to learn? And then how can I, you know, provide that to them? And so it's definitely been a journey. I started this in um, fall of 2015. So it's definitely been a journey figuring out how I want to help other artists um, and coming to the coming to terms with the title of business coach because um, I think that can be a little intimidating um, but that really is what I do because I have the business mind now and I'm also that creative person so I understand what artists are going through and I also can say here's what you're not doing and let me give you those resources and let me help you um, you know, whether it's the one-to-one kind of services or in group settings and really focusing on the important stuff. Yeah, yeah. So do you have any, like, gripes in the um, education of artists, you know, regarding this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, although I have to say, I think that even just since I've graduated, um, there has been a shift in education. Um, I've started talking to a lot of the, you know, Boston local universities and colleges, and they're definitely starting to implement more entrepreneurship and um, business for artists classes. So there is definitely a shift, and I think um, it's going to be a good shift. But I think it's it's going to take a little while, and. It also is tricky to say because it depends on the school, and I fully support schools that, um, you know, really want to educate artists in the fine art world. I think that's fantastic, and you know, that's what I went through, and I loved it. But ignoring the commercial side, I think, can also be detrimental. And I think um, being able to say you can do both, and you can do business because you need to, whether you're going to be fine art or commercial, is really important, and really telling students that ahead of time, you know, when they're in school, that, hey, you have to take a business class um, or an entrepreneurship class and really have them thinking about what they're going to do with their creative skills. Because otherwise, you know, most artists are going to art school. They're not trying to go to business school. Right, right. Um, so I think just making it more mandatory mm -hmm. is really going to help a lot of people. Yeah. And what would you say to parents whose kids want to go into art and they are concerned for their financial well-being? Um, I would say 
trust that your child is smart and that they're going to be able to figure it out. But also, if you're worried about it, you know, parents have experience. They know what the real world is like. So help your kid out. Don't sit on the sidelines. You know, think about experiences and other ways to educate them that are going to be helpful about, you know, paying bills and what things really cost. I think that um, definitely a lot of it can start with parents, you know, of all kinds of kids. But, you know, educating them about business and finances, um, that's really important. So why, like, don't depend on just the schools to educate them. Do your part as well. Yeah, that's great. I know, you know, from my own personal history, I was a dancer. I always wanted to do some kind of dance in my yeah. life, and I still do, actually. But my father always said, you'll never make money, and you'll have to, like, change jobs at when you're 35. Yeah. And, and it was hard to push against that. And he was a businessman, and I used to think, why don't you just help me? Yeah. Like, I know you don't like dance, but, or you don't get it, but, you know, you've yeah. got all these, you know, you're a successful business person. Yeah. That was yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, the other important thing to say, um, in, you probably read it, Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic mm -hmm. book. She has so much great advice for creative people. That's a other, wonderful book. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is that if you love to create, that's just, you love to make and be creative, that's fine. That doesn't necessarily have to be what you make money from. And I love that she points that out in the book. She was like, I had a day job up until Eat, Pray, Love came out. <laughs> um, so it's fine if you don't want to put pressure on your art to make you money, as long as you're OK with your choices, right? So if you want to make money from your art, it's totally possible. And if you just want to create and have it be you know, something light and joyful, that's totally fine as well. It's okay to, to do it either way. Mm -hmm. Both are valid. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. So you must have had times during your journey where you felt discouraged. Yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how did you keep yourself motivated or how did you deal with those moments in yourself? Um, I think that having kind of that inner knowledge of where my life was going to go and having that, you know, big, beautiful dream of my future is always what's kept me going. And also knowing that a bad moment is just one moment. So even if it's a day of a bad moment, you know, or a couple days, you know, sitting with it, feel that feeling. Um, and then forgive yourself and move on. And know that, you know, that doesn't define your whole career or your whole existence. Um, and it feels good to get to the other side of it and mm -hmm. <laughs> do the happy stuff again. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you have, a, like, any daily practices that you do or yeah. that, that keep you where you want to be in your yeah. kind of... Tell Sane us about and happy. Sane and happy, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, for me, definitely having a gratitude practice has been hugely beneficial. So before I get out of bed in the morning, my eyes are still closed, and I just think of three things that I'm grateful for to start off the day. Um, I'm not a morning person, so sometimes it's a little difficult. <laughs> um, but really starting off my day that way and throughout the day acknowledging, you know, 
am I okay in this moment? Yeah, I am okay in this moment, even if I'm stressed out or whatever, you know, chaos might be going on. Um, being able to check in with myself and just say, do I have everything I need right now? Yeah, okay. Still breathing? Yep, got water, got shoes. I am okay. Um, and definitely developing a spiritual practice as well. So I love to meditate. Um, and that's become something that's really uplifted me as a person, I think, um, and being able to connect in with my own tuition um, and just really you know, align myself with what's right for me. Mm -hmm. And even just doing it, you know, five, 10 minutes a day makes such a difference, even when we don't think we have the time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's been really yeah. helpful for me. I've read articles talking about CEOs of insurance companies and, you know, very big organizations who yeah. swear by meditation. Yeah. That they really see the significance and the, the benefits of taking time to be quiet and relax and recalibrate mm -hmm. and clear the brain. Right. Because our, our brains, and especially the more responsibility you have, the more things you're trying to juggle and yeah. your, our brains get kind of tangled yeah. up. So you can feel crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Yeah. I think just taking a few moments to breathe too, because we hold so much stress in our bodies. Mm -hmm. So just taking time to breathe and be like, can I feel my hands? Can I, you mm -hmm. know, how am I feeling? Yeah. So do you have something that you like to do like for fun or for decompression, you know, aside from meditation and aside from your photography <laughs> as art? Yeah. Yeah. When I'm not being a workaholic, um, you know, for me, I love hanging out with my friends um, and my fiance and just being able to watch a movie on the couch, chill out, eat some pizza, have some wine, um, playing with my dog. That's fantastic. Um, and then traveling. I love, like, as soon as I have, you know, free time, um, I'm planning a trip and trying to, trying to go somewhere new. Mm -hmm. Taking your camera with you? Always. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things I love to do on the show is to have people pick a card out of this little magic box that has a word in it that I'd love for you to just pick and see how it resonates with you and your thoughts about your business or your life and let you riff on it a little okay. bit, so. Oh, self-care. <laughs> so what we were just talking about, right? Um, but yeah, I think that self-care has become a huge buzzword <laughs> um, in the entrepreneur community. But it really is so true that if you don't put yourself first, everything else is going to eventually fall apart. Um, so like I said, you know, taking time for me to meditate, that's part of my self-care. Um, and really being aware that your inner world directly affects your outer world. So, you know, whether that's your physical body or your mental state, um, it has a big impact. So making sure that you are healthy and happy first and foremost is only going to make your business more healthy and happy. Mm -hmm. um, so do you yeah. work with your clients, your business clients around self-care? I mean, it doesn't sound like it's very businessy, but is that something that comes up? 
Yeah, I think it definitely comes up a lot with the mindset work as well. Um, but I definitely incorporate talking about it uh, with my clients because I want to approach them in a holistic way. And knowing for myself, you know, whatever I'm going through, that affects my business. So I don't want to um, be ignorant to what my clients are going through. And I always tell them, you know, let me know what's going on in your life because that's going to affect your business. Mm -hmm. So let's make sure you are okay, you know, and then and then we can make sure that the business is really able to thrive. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. It's so exciting. I mean, to think that there is someone out there <laughs> who is a champion for artists eating. Yes. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> And maybe we can erase that idea of the starving artist from our cultural lexicon. I hope so. And create another way of, you know, seeing artists as bona fide contributors to society yeah. who can make money, who can get paid for their very important contributions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Any last thoughts? Oh, how can people find you? Oh, sure. So uh, for the business consulting, um, you can find me at realworldcreatives.com. And my photography is soniahighfieldphotography.com. Okay. We'll put those in the show notes. Thank you so much. That's wonderful. <laughs> thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So thanks for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed it, tune in to the next one. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV. Do, 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 do